everyone. Welcome back to B1 Bytes. I'm Rishi, and this week we have Nicole from Travis. Travis is a travel startup that strives to empower a new generation of travel creators by enabling them to share and earn from brands they love. Meanwhile, travelers get to plan and book trips based on the people they trust. And before we dive into the topic, can I just say how much I love your website? It's so creative and engaging. So if you guys haven't checked out their website already, you definitely should take a look. Um, so yeah, Nicole, tell us more about yourself and your role at Travis. Hi, thank you for having me on. Um, I am Nicole. I am co-founder of Travis. Um, I love that you love our website. We do take a lot of time to um, make that really, really appealing. And as, as you did mention, uh, Travis is a travel startup. We are enabling a new generation of creators to earn from um, their travels. And as you also mentioned, on the same platform for um, travelers to be able to plan and book trips directly from creator recommendations. So how did the name Travis come about? Yes. Um, <laughs> so people usually ask, is there someone called Travis? And the answer is that no, there, there's no one called Travis. Uh, my co-founder is Tom. Um, and um, the name Travis came about uh, as, as a shortened version of the words travel is. And for us, travel is as an open-ended statement um, for what travel could be, you know, and it, it's something that we find is um, very diverse and means something different to um, everyone who has the experience of travel. Well, that's pretty on brand. And it is an open-ended question and it's up to you to define whatever traveling is to you. And now we have a better understanding of where the name comes from. How did the idea of creating a startup like this come about? Did it stem from your love for traveling or? Yeah. It definitely came from a few different um, angles, I suppose. So my personal background, um, years ago, I have experience as a creator and an influencer myself in the fashion and travel worlds. Um, and then I also have done a lot of work with managing influences as well as um, working in the tourism world through my work in consulting as well. So that gave me a, a close, um, you know, deep dive into the industry from three different perspectives. But of course, I myself and Tom, who's my partner, we love traveling. So um, the all of this, you know, we we take notice of what the travel experience is like. And there was one catalyst moment years ago when we were planning a five week trip to to the states, and we always bring it back to this moment where um, it was literally about midnight. Tom Swiss, he has a photo of me lying on the floor <laughs> at, at midnight with my, my laptop. You know, I've got about 40 Google uh, tabs open, my Instagram screenshots of my phone. I've got calendars and, you know, my maps and people telling me things. And it was just at that moment where it was so overwhelming. We were kind of like, why was it so hard to bring together a trip, right? And the problem that we saw there was that the, um, the sources that we get our information from are from other people who have been there before. So my sources of information are from Instagram, for example. Um, but at that point, there's nothing that you can do from the information that you can get from Instagram except for scrolling through it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. for us, it was very much um, the experience is broken from the point where you are able to consume the content on social media, how would we be able to bring together a platform or an experience that makes it easy for travelers to go from recommendations by other people to being able to see it in a map, being able to save, you know, 10, 15 places, organize that over time. 
um, that you would take on your trip and also be able to book. Yeah. Place. So that was really how Travis, um, the, the, start, the start of Travis um, came about. And over time, as we've also, you know, been working a lot with creators over the last year and our own experiences as creators, um, we have definitely seen that creators uh, play such an important, crucial role to travelers and they will continue to play a massive role for the industry over the next five to 10 years. But we see that the problem is that, you know, 90% of them don't have a way to um, earn a cut or make any money from the recommendations that they are already sharing and bookings that they're already driving. So um, that's how we are uh, evolving with our mission for creators. Are you also collaborating with the hotels at the same time? Yes, yeah. that's right. So we do have hotel partners on board um, and that is essentially the first uh, category of products or travel experiences that we will offer and that creators are able to um, recommend and earn from. So with our um, pilot uh, launch we have 10,000 hotels around mm -hmm. the world and a huge focus on the UK and EU. And this is something that we will scale up. And we're aiming to scale up to about half a million hotels in the next year. Oh, that's exciting. It is, yes. Yeah, Yeah. let's dive into how did you start your journey to startup. So I know you, you mentioned that you used to work at um, Deloitte Digital, right? For quite some yes. time. Yes. So what made you decide to forego the stability of having a full-time role at Deloitte? And were your friends and family supportive of your decision? Um, I think, you know, I, I definitely, I spent about five years at Deloitte um, and my my learnings and my experience at Deloitte definitely has shaped a lot of um, what I am currently doing or how I, ha I have managed to transition into Travis. Um, I guess to put it in short, what, what, uh, what made me decide to, to jump ship, um, it was definitely a mix of, uh, you know, curiosity. Like Tom and I have always wanted to build something of our own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always said it wasn't an overnight decision from the point that of the story that I told you before, so the catalyst moment to the time that, you know, I decided that I was going to um, go into Travis full-time, there was probably about 18 months between that. Mm -hmm. And it was um, a lot of time that we spent understanding the market, understanding what other people uh, were facing in terms of the challenges, because what we wanted to do first up was validate whether we were the only ones facing the problem or whether our friends and their friends face the same thing and whether there was a, you know, an upcoming solution in the market that we weren't aware of yet. And so in that period of time, we did so many prototypes, so many designs, we like researched with everyone that we could speak with. And it basically got to a point where we kept hearing the same things and the same challenges without a solution. Um, and Tom and I basically went there is a better way of doing this. It's the way that we already want to be getting our information and planning our trips, but the solutions, the technology isn't there. So we want to be able to do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it, it has been that urge and that, that, that um, I guess, intention that, you know, um, has been validated a lot that gave us the, um, you know, we, we needed to, to spend more time to make it happen. Yeah. Um, but what I also always say is 
that founding a startup is probably never a completely rational decision. Um, so you are taking a leap or I did definitely take a leap. Yeah, I think, you know, friends and family were probably surprised at that point in time um, and have definitely since then been supportive. Definitely. I can imagine how your parents will react. I think it's pretty common that Asian, <laughs> yeah, Asian parents will, will be shocked to hear news like, oh, but you have a full-time role. Yeah. Like, why are you foregoing that? But I'm glad that you took that leap of faith because <laughs> a lot of people just needed that push, that confidence to just do it. And that's pretty inspiring. You briefly mentioned this before, but how did your experience in consulting help with you co-founding a business especially in a travel startup. In Deloitte, did you work on related projects before? Is that why you were familiar in this area? Definitely uh, a mix of both. At Deloitte, I had a, the opportunity to work across a range of different industries, including mm-hmm. tourism, so brands like Pontus, um, Tourism Australia, for example. Um, and I think two things, well, I, if I kind of broadly say, um, one of the main things that consulting um, taught me which is probably a you know a mindset and soft skill kind of thing is um the ability to um deep dive into a new industry and then upskill on it right and that was something that you know probably people going into consulting probably find it quite difficult um because you're up you know you're you're um the learning curve to a new industry happens very frequently mm-hmm. and it was a very ambiguous environment and it taught me to be able to I guess survive within that and that mindset I suppose has definitely been a stepping stone to um, how we have been going with our journey in Travis you know there's no two days that there are same there is constantly ambiguous we don't have all the information to mm-hmm. be able to make decisions and it's tough and that's probably the the progression of that in terms of I, I guess the other aspect of, you know, how Deloitte related to as a stepping stone to what I am now doing is that a lot of my work was in um, strategy and innovation and launching new digital businesses or new digital products yeah. um, for businesses looking towards the future. And so that came with, you know, concrete skills of, you know, how do you um, go from defining a customer problem to you know a human-centered research way of working and um, working across different disciplines with um, you know data scientists and understanding the anal- analytics behind behaviors to actually translating that into digital experience or feature set or working with developers to, to build something so all of that um, skills in terms of like I guess operating within a an organization across a mixed team and building for the digital future were probably skills that I learned then um, mm-hmm. and then translated very um, naturally into how Tom and I started to um, build out for you know the problem and the solution and experience in the business. Was Tom also an, um, a consultant? No, Tom was not a consultant actually. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he is a designer and he, um, I call him the one one stop um, designer for everything in terms of you know his his professional career was um, in architectural design, mm-hmm. um, and at the same time he was doing a lot of freelance work in creative design, um, sorry anything from branding, marketing, uh, digital animation, and he 
then brought together his skills in terms of human designing for the human experience in the physical world being mm-hmm. architecture to moving into digital design for digital products. Mm. And Travis, are you the one that makes the strategic decision whereas he's, he has more creative say in the business? Would you put it that way? Well, to be honest, we make a lot of decisions together. Um, I I mean, he's involved in it. Like he definitely... So yeah, I would say we make basically a lot of decisions together, whether it's strategic, whether it's creative, and that's because um, we we go across um, all of that. But yes, Tom and, and Travis, he does handle, he's, he does handle everything from customer research to designing prototyping and um, working, um, designing the product itself. And I handle more things to do with strategy, operations, mm-hmm. marketing, particularly in partnerships. What was the transition like from being in a corporate to having your own startup? I mean, it's been, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, I think it's, it's I've, I've enjoyed it. I definitely wanted to be able to do something of my own. Um, in saying that it is not easy or it has not been easy. Um, but like, I love what I do and I'm glad that I, um, you know, have, being able to take the opportunity to not not just you know make the move from consulting or corporate to, to start up but be able to um yeah expand like my view of the world and see you know mm. have experiences in different areas as well i did a bit of research on yes. eco you and i found out that you are a pianist yourself as well yes and, that's correct <laughs> yeah and before travis yes. uh you have also co-founded another business called Anon, is that yes, how I pronounce it? Yeah, and which is to reimagine live classical music experience through music and design. Yes. So your both venture, Travis and Unknown, started off from your hobby slash interest. So my question is, when did you realize you could turn your interest into a business? Or is it just a coincidence that somehow <laughs> a startup that you did is related to your hobby? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I think there probably wasn't one like defining moment where I realized or anything like that, but it's, um, you know, interesting as, as you kind of like hinted at before, I think there's a lot of things passed down by our parents or like maybe with, with the aging mentality also that like, you know, when you do something for work, it has to be hard and like, you don't have to love it. And in fact, yeah. it's better if you don't like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so something like a non, which uh, was the first business that Tom and I also founded, um, came from our backgrounds in music, right? So for undergrad, uh, both of us did an undergraduate in, in music at, at Melbourne. Um, and I did specialize in piano performance, some specialized in, in violin performance. It was basically our lives, like our lives revolved around that. As we finished our undergrad, and then we actually did postgrads in very different fields. So that was when I did a postgrad in marketing and Tom did a postgrad in architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess at that point was a point in our lives where we could see that there was a world beyond music like music mm-hmm. was our lives but there is a bigger world and what is that bigger world right so as we started to explore you know our different postgrad areas we still wanted to perform um, and we figured that you know no one was going to give us a platform to perform if we wanted to perform we had to do it ourselves there's no such thing as a grad job for example um, to to performance and we really started from there you know we started from how do we put our own performances on to how do we um you know do something i guess different with our performances so that our friends who maybe you know weren't as um 
deeply involved in classical music could also enjoy the classical music experience mm-hmm. and didn't feel like you know there's definitely a strong perception that when you go to classical music concerts you might be met with a sea of white hair for example right mm-hmm. so we wanted to find different ways to to show that the classical music experience is not something that needs to alienate people who know music and mm-hmm. don't know music um, and at the same time we we're looking a lot at how can we design the experience itself and that's why we started working with you know filmmakers and like designers and architects to design the experience around the classical music itself so I guess it happened to go back to your question in quite a natural progression of how we took something that was you know what is viewed you know we do love it and it's a huge part of our lives and what can maybe be viewed as something as a passion or a hobby or an interest or a fun thing um, and to, to something that we you know um, that could turn into a business um, mm. and that's a very similar story for for travels as well. mm. is unknown still ongoing uh no it's not yeah. currently ongoing uh mm. we did run it for about seven years i think while mm. we were so it kind of moved um well i say that we we were doing it part-time so you know we we started our postgrad and then we started working and mm-hmm. unknown was something that carried through over the seven years of that um, until basically the pandemic hit. Mm. And was it hard to run Travis during the pandemic? Because I can only imagine creators won't be able to review that many accommodations out there. Yes, of course. Um, in short, we basically were getting started right at mm-hmm. the start of the pandemic. So that was obviously the most, the biggest shock to the system, um, mm-hmm. you know, for everyone just with the situation and with what we're doing. And Ultimately, you know, we knew that for a period of time that people could not travel. Our belief was that travel was going to return. That, yeah. Like that was definitely going to be the, the thing that returned because it's such a huge part of people's lives. We just didn't know when. We took the decision to double down and basically work on the product. And we were still in development anyway. Mm-hmm. So that was the time for us to do so. But um, in, in, in fact, you know, it was interesting to see how the role of creators um played a huge part in that period of time because if anything we saw that creators continued to find ways to create um, Mm -hmm. and that if you might remember you know when people were in lockdown like the stories of whether it was recent travels or future travels was something that we you know saw for the community was something that kept people's hopes up and people were looking people were looking to find stories of like what would the world be again you know if I could travel at some point um, and that was where we saw, you know, as, you know, the, the borders opened and stuff like that, creators, selected creators were the first ones on the ground, really, the first ones on the ground, you know, and, and kind of reporting back what the experiences were like, you know, what the restrictions were like, were they safe, what did they need to do to be safe? Um, and if you kind of view that in, in reflection now, it just shows how crucial they are, not just in providing what people might think as pretty pictures, you know, just mm-hmm. as inspiration, but they are really now paying, playing a really trusted, credible role in providing like information and tips and helping people decide where to go, like brand preferences and like where to spend their money. And that's only going to grow. Like it definitely did affect us uh, mm-hmm. two, two years with a global pandemic of yeah. that scale. <laughs> um, it's not healthy for anyone, particularly a travel setup. So for us internally, it was very hard. Mm-hmm. And I think we like did manage to do a really, really you know, good job of I guess, building our own momentum, figuring out what we need to focus at that point in time to be able to continue. Now that everything 
the restriction are basically all lifted. It's getting better for absolutely. But Travis, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember when I was stuck in Malaysia back home. Mm. Like we could still travel, but we couldn't go overseas. Yeah. And then that's when I really started to focus on local hotels and islands to hop. And yeah. I got that from influencer that I follow. Mm. If I have Travis, I would have everything laid out for me from yeah. that experience. And yeah, before we wrap it up, could you share a time where you have learned a hard lesson at your early age of career? And how did you overcome it? Because I think it is pretty relevant for fresh grads like us yeah. to to know that um, what, what mistakes we should avoid or try <laughs> not to... <laughs> try not to make don't really have a specific example but I think um if I were to look back at that you know stage of my life where you're just coming out of university you're finding I guess your place in the world and figuring out what you want to do for the many years to come it's it's almost don't be afraid to fail almost expect that you're going to fail right you know it's hard to go don't make this mistake you know that you you can only I guess like learn from mistakes and it's if, if it happens the best thing that you could do is learn from it and keep going I think the 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 hardest or rather the biggest the bigger setback is facing a, a challenge or a barrier or mistake and then letting that like destroy you you know um, like that that's the be all or end all mm-hmm. um so I would say if anything it's like expect to fail you have probably no idea what's going to happen over the next three five ten years and um the more you fail the more that you learn um there there is this quote that Tom um, always refers to and it's something by by Steve Jobs um, in mm-hmm. that you can't join you can't connect the dots looking forward and you can only connect the dots looking backwards so um, it I think is the representation of taking the you know you, you can only make the best decisions that you can at a point in time you might not see the whole path <laughs> yeah. um, as you as you look for it but um, as, as, long, as long as you keep going as long as you take the opportunities and, and you might fail and fail fail is a broad word you can have failure at different scales obviously um and and over time if you look back um there there will be a path where it kind of you know connects with each other you'd be happy that you carved out for yourself i really needed to hear that think oh. okay with Phil. Ah. Oh, okay i'm glad to hear that <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful quote it puts a lot of things in perspective what are the big plans you have for travis in the next i'll say next few years Ooh, um, that's, a, that's a big question you know we do have we do have very ambitious plans and mm-hmm. you know we're barely getting started at the moment for for us we have learned so much about um the experience of what travelers want um, um through through our product and we're constantly making it better and the experience of what creators want and what we're super excited about is actually being able to start enabling creators to start making money when i guess i say creators we're talking about people with under 100k you could have a thousand people following you but you know your your insights your content your experiences are still very valuable for someone else who might be um, making decisions on your content and it i guess plays back a little bit into what you were talking about before around turning your hobby and your passion into Mm -hmm. something that could potentially be, be part of your career so, yeah. you know, we will be launching that, as I mentioned, with, with hotels first up, um, and we'll be expanding that to um, half a million hotels next year. 
um, and uh, expanding beyond just the UK and EU into other markets like the US and APAC as well. And at the same time, that also means that travelers get to benefit from that. You know, travelers are able to, as, as you mentioned, you know, get, get inspiration and information from like your, your favorite creators or new creators, but being able to get the follow on for how do I take action to this? How do mm-hmm. I actually make this trip real for myself? And even better if I can book immediately from it and continue to plan in the same place. Mm-hmm. I hope that's going to bring, um, you know, some, some exciting news for all travelers and creators out there. And I think the listener will be excited as- as well because I know we are a big fan of traveling and that will save a lot of time just awesome. from planning <laughs> another quick question before yeah. we wrap it up is what's your next um, destination that you're looking for in terms Ooh. of traveling oh <laughs> I have I don't yet have plans to get there but I would really love to spend some time um, on the southern Italian coast as well <laughs> as South America so um, I've got lots of places that I want to visit and um, maybe 2023 can be where I spend some time there well thank you Nicole it's a pleasure to have you over the podcast and thank thanks for making traveling more fun and time efficient so 